Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. Welcome back to another solo episode of the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori, and today I'm going to be talking about highlights and lessons learned in two years as a full-time dog blogger. So you may know that I started my blog as a hobby almost eight years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. I thought originally I thought that I would use it to document my love of style and dogs. In fact, my original tagline was I wear it, they wag it, then we repeat. <laughs> and although I had my site for many years, I didn't go full time with it until two years ago, actually, two years ago this month. So in this episode, I am going to share with you how exactly I made the leap to full time some of the highlights of the last two years, and the most important lessons that I have learned. I hope that my story helps you brainstorm ways to grow your own pet-obsessed business. Please let me know what you think about this episode. I'm really kind of putting myself out there, so I'd love your feedback. (laughs) You can share a screenshot or a selfie while you listen and tag me on Instagram at wherewagrepeat. All right, now let's dive in to this story. Like I mentioned, this month marks two years of me being full-time with Wear, Wag, Repeat. Before that, I actually juggled four different jobs for years. It was kind of even more than that. I had my blog, which I was monetizing even before I went full-time. I think I had monetized it for probably two years before I went full-time. I also ran a local chamber of commerce doing marketing, event planning, running community meetings, and all kinds of stuff. Then I also managed social media for several local businesses. So I kind of count that as one job, but really at my highest point, I had 10 clients that I was managing all their social media for them. And then on the side, I also did acting and modeling jobs when they came, when they came up. And I still do that kind of work. You might have seen, um, I was lucky enough to get Lucy and Bert booked on a commercial with me that just came out this January. We were running in the snow, modeling some um, like things that go on your shoes so that you can walk in the ice and the snow and the slush and that kind of stuff. So that was very cool. I still do that. So over over the previous year, before I went full-time with Wear, Wag, Repeat, I had slowly been phasing out my social media clients and my Chamber of Commerce job. I quit the Chamber of Commerce, I think in June the year before, and then I slowly phased out my social media clients. I, I did this because I had seen that the time I spent on Wear, Wag, Repeat directly related to the success of the business, both the website traffic and my follower numbers, as well as sponsored content. So I just had this idea that if I had even more time to dedicate to Wear, Wag, Repeat, that I could really make it 
even more successful. So time equaled money, right? <laughs> um, the very last social media client that I held on to, and I, I know you guys are all dying to hear about this, my last social media client that I that I ran their Instagram and their Twitter and Facebook was a gentleman's club here in Pittsburgh. That's right. I worked for a strip club, y'all. <laughs> I posted about this on Instagram recently and everyone was very very curious. So I'll give you I'll give you a little story here. <laughs> I actually did their social media for about 5 years and it was a funny story how I got into it. Um actually my dad got me the job, which is just hysterical to me. <laughs> But he didn't know. He didn't know that he was getting me this job. Um, There was actually uh, a gentleman who was the manager of this. He was one of the managers of this strip club. Previously, he'd been a manager at a restaurant downtown right around the corner from this club. And the restaurant was a place where a lot of Pittsburgh attorneys and judges and all kinds of professionals went all the time. My dad was a really good customer there for years. And so he knew the manager and ran into him downtown one day. And um, somehow they got to talking and, and the manager said, oh, doesn't your daughter Tori do social media? Uh, we're looking for someone. And my dad was like, oh, yeah. I gave him my phone number and everything. My dad had no idea that he was referring me to work at a strip club. <laughs> So there's your funny strip club story. I hope everyone is happy. (laughs) It was actually a super fun job. As you can imagine, Um, there weren't a whole lot of rules. You could kind of post anything, but it was good that they had me because you can't post anything on Instagram. You need to be censored. So it was a good thing that they had me there to make sure that their posts weren't getting flagged and deleted all the time. Um, And as a matter of fact, the owner was um, a really successful local businessman. And he had, when I first started working there, he had a parrot in the office that was just like loose. And they also had um, a little dog named Max, a little Yorkie. So every time I went in to meet with them, Max would sit on my lap while we were talking about social media. So as you can see, dogs are always part of my life, no matter what I am doing. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really until I've gone full-time with Wear, Wag, Repeat that I've really realized how much I love being around dogs and being around dog people and just what a calling it is for me. Okay, so let, let's get back to business. Enough strip club talk. <laughs> in um, in early 2019, so this is the year that I went full-time with Wear, Wag, Repeat, I knew that I needed um, some kind of a some kind of support. Previously, I had done a mastermind program here in Pittsburgh with some other local businesswomen, and I really loved it. So I was looking for something similar to that, but that would maybe help me more with where my business was focused now, which is more online and um, be, being an influencer and that kind of stuff. So I discovered a mastermind program that at the time was being run by Emily Thompson. You might know her from the Being Boss podcast. They also have a book. She's super amazing. She also runs an online store. And so I just thought with her experience of podcasting, um, doing events. I also went to a um, in-person retreat that they hosted in New Orleans. And I just knew with all of her expertise that it would be a really good fit. So I signed up for this six-month mastermind program. And 
that was really great because it was a struggle for me to learn how to streamline and simplify the things that I did. I was so used to working four or five or more jobs that I had no clue how to really just run one and how to focus on one. So Emily and the three other business women in that group, they really helped me look at the numbers in my business and and focus on niching down and getting more specific. Uh, In regards to numbers and money stuff, they introduced me to the Profit First system, which I'm a big believer in. Um, If you haven't checked out that book by Mike Marcinowitz, I think is his last name, uh, I highly recommend checking out the Profit First system. Um, I have implemented his kind of spreadsheet and number system on events and other things that I've run. And I'm always kind of working on implementing it in my entire business because um, it's it's a lot, but uh, it really helps you look at, you know, what the money that's coming in is for and where it's going to and how to run a sustainable, profitable business. Um, because Wear, Whack, Repeat was really just a hobby for so long that it was hard for me to think of it as a business. I, you know, I didn't have a business plan and Emily herself was like, you don't need a business plan. (laughs) A lot of people say that you don't need a business plan. But for me, I had just been side hustling for so long um, that I needed, I really needed to look at Wear Wag Repeat as a new thing. Um, It was, it was hard for me to transition from having it be one of many things that I did to being the full-time thing that I did. So I would recommend that if you are if you are doing something like this, um, that you spend a lot of time figuring out your brand values. Um, that was really helpful to me to figure out what my brand values were and what I wanted Wear Wag Repeat to do for people. Like, what was the point of everything that I was doing? What was I going to add to the world? And one of those things, one of my brand values was community. So in 2019, I held a ton of events from little pack walks to a dog mom's day celebration that drew over 200 dogs and was super fun. Uh, Hosting those events was really great. I, I had a vision that I just, I wanted women to feel welcome to come out and meet new people because I heard, you know, millennial women kind of in my age bracket, if you will, all the time, um, you know, maybe I would put it up of an event listing on Facebook and I would see a girl tag one of her friends and say, hey, will you go to this with me? Or, oh, I, you know, I wish I could go, but I don't have anyone to go with me. Or I don't want to go by myself or something like that. So one of my, you know, kind of missions behind doing all these community events was I wanted to make it so that women could show up to things just with their dog. You know, your dog can be your date. Your dog can be your wingman. Not that you need to be picking people up, but your dog really gives you and gives you access to places where it might feel awkward to be there by yourself. But if you have your dog by your side, then you can walk into a brewery by yourself and sit at the bar and you know people are going to come up and talk to you because they're going to want to say hi to your dog. So you're really not alone. And that was kind of, you know, my vision because I had experienced that firsthand. So that was my my vision for this 
these community events that I was doing. And um, I, I think that they were really successful. I made a lot of friends. Um, they were not profitable, <laughs> but that really wasn't the purpose of them. Um, I can't remember where I saw this. It might be a Marie Forleo thing. I can't remember, but there's something to be said for you know having different ventures in your business that are rewarding in different ways. Some of them are rewarding financially, and then some of them are rewarding in your soul. Uh, so hosting these community events, I did not make any money. I didn't charge for them. There was no profit plan for them, but they were hugely profitable in my soul. I felt like I was making a difference in the lives of women and their dogs and just creating creating fun things and showing people the possibilities that's P-A-W-S, <laughs> of what they could be doing if they lead a dog-obsessed life. Are you enjoying this interview? If you'd like to continue talking about dogs and business with the added support of a like-minded community, get on the wait list for Wear, Wag, Repeat Society. This is my monthly membership program for women petpreneurs and pupfluencers who are looking for accountability and support to make bark-worthy breakthroughs in their business. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're surrounded by the right people and their dogs. <laughs> Join the waitlist now at wherewagrepeat.com slash society. So I felt like things were really starting to build momentum. Uh, I was getting, you know, a lot of notoriety around Pittsburgh and I was getting well-known locally. I felt like I was also kind of cracking the code when it came to blogging and I was learning a lot about SEO. I found that my Pittsburgh dog-friendly event listing blog post was my most popular blog post of all time. So things were really starting to click into place for me in late 2019. Um, I was also podcasting and I was interviewing tons of women in the pet industry. So I was constantly getting ideas and learning from them. So Q2 late 2019, and I got a message one day saying, hey, uh, we're casting for a reality show about people and their dogs, and we think you'd be really great. Can you hop on a Zoom call? So I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting, but I get a lot of weird requests. So, you know, what what is this and is it worth my time? I ended up going on a Zoom call with a casting person for a reality show, and it went so well. They loved me. They asked me to fly out to LA that Monday to do an in-person audition in front of the producers. Well, that went really well. So then I made it to like the finals of people being considered for the show. And this is all happening in a whirlwind in late 2019. I think it, it this all kind of went down in late October, early November. I found out I was one of the finalists to be a contestant on the show. And how this show was pitched to me was it was going to be like the amazing race, but people and their dogs. And um, it was just all about, you know, different people and their dogs. But with the amazing race, you know, there's tons of obstacles and challenges that they need to pass. So 
we started a, a program. They enrolled us in a program with professional dog trainers where every week for six weeks, uh, Lucy and I tuned into a Zoom training with professional dog trainers and started. I started teaching Lucy tons of tricks. There was probably 30 tricks that we had to learn on, that we had to learn about. And prior to that, I had not done any tricks with Lucy. Lucy could sit. She could lie down. That was it. (laughs) She could heal. I mean, she's a good dog, but we didn't do any of that kind of stuff at all. And she was, you know, late in the late part of her seventh year. She was almost eight years old. So I was like, this is such a great opportunity. It's probably, um, you know, She's not going to be able to do these things forever. And also, hello, how cool we could be famous (laughs) on a reality show. That would be amazing. So we continue with the training for this. And that took hours every week. I probably spent um, a half an hour every single day, if not more, working on training for all the different tricks and skills that Lucy needed for six weeks straight from... um, late October until early December of 2019. So that was taking up a lot of time, but I couldn't talk about any of it. And I can't even tell you the name of the show now. (laughs) So it was taking up a ton of time. And remember earlier in this episode, I told you that with Wear, Wag, Repeat, I realized the more time I could put into it, the more successful I could make it. And so this reality show came about and it took a ton of my time. But at the time, I thought it was worth that time investment because, hey, we could be famous. (laughs) So we ended up, I ended up taking Lucy for two weeks to train in Los Angeles with all of the other potential contestants and these professional trainers. We got to do all kinds of things, but we had to be gone for two weeks. And we were consumed all day long, every single day for those two weeks doing this. So that had a lot of impact for me. Um, The previous year in 2018, I had my online store, the Wear, Wag, Repeat shop was active, and I did a lot of my sales in the month of December, and I did pop-up vendor events where I sold in person. So in 2019, I couldn't do any of that. So um, I also had to pretty much close my online store for the whole month of December and just hope that people would place their holiday orders before I left for these two weeks in L.A. I ended up um, flying back home on December 22nd. So it was really right before Christmas. So I couldn't really do very much holiday sales at all in my online store that year. So that was that was one thing that it impacted. Um, then if I did get selected for the show, we were going to be gone for six weeks or two months. It was going to be a long time. We were going to be gone for a long time and I could only take Lucy. So I was dealing with a lot of guilt about potentially leaving Bert home alone. So there was just like a lot of feelings, Um, not to mention being part of a reality show, even though we weren't really filming the show yet, I was still just a potential contestant. It just gave me a ton of anxiety, you guys. It was one of the most stressful things ever. Um, Part of that industry is just secrecy and not telling you things because they don't want to tell you things because they want to get your reaction on camera later. So I just didn't know anything. Um, and I, and Lucy and I left LA, uh, with, 
them telling us, we'll be in touch. (laughs) Have your people call my people (laughs) or some kind of Hollywood thing, right? And then um, they said, you know, basically they said, after Christmas, we'll let everyone know the game plan and who's going to be moving forward. And I'd kind of, all the other contestants and I, potential contestants, we'd all been talking amongst ourselves that um, 12 people would be on the show and um, 20 people had been in LA for the training and a couple of them had left for personal reasons. So there was only 16 of us left. And I thought for sure that Lucy and I would be in the 12 teams that were selected to go on this show. So it came as a great shock to me that I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything after Christmas. I didn't hear anything after New Year's. I was actually ghosted by the production. And what happened was they just didn't feel the need to tell the people who weren't selected. Nobody called me. I ended up having to do a lot of legwork to figure it out on myself. And it just made me very depressed. So January 2020 was a really hard month for me. And of course, I had no idea what the rest of 2020 entailed. But in January, I was just, I was very depressed. And I spent a lot of days just sitting on my couch. I felt like a failure. Um, If you've ever been ghosted by a guy, then you know what that feels like. So imagine that times 10. Um, And it was just really, really difficult. However, um, you know, I was really happy in the end to not have gone on that show. First of all, COVID happened and they were filming during the outbreak of COVID. So I'm really glad that I didn't have to be in that that very risky situation of having a deadly virus swirling around me, traveling around the world with my dog. So I would not have enjoyed that. <laughs> um, I, I've heard other stories and I don't think I would have enjoyed the process of filming it. So in the end, I, I'm very happy that I didn't go. But in my mind, since I had set aside that time that I thought I was going to be MIA traveling around filming this show, I used that time to kind of do things that I ordinarily wouldn't wouldn't have done or I would have put off. So in January and February of 2020, I went to go visit my friend at her rescue farm sanctuary, and I learned all about how she rescues farm animals. And I learned so much more about animals beyond just dogs and just the kindness that it it takes to rescue any kind of animal, whether it's a dog or a donkey. I also took the plunge and went to the Westminster Dog Show. I had actually applied and received a press pass for two years before this, and I never went because I had that excuse of, oh, I don't want to drive all the way up to New York and be, be, be there by myself, and I can't take the dogs. But since the reality show whole snafu, I decided I need to take things into my own hands, have control of my own life, and control my own happiness. So I went to the Westminster Dog Show, learned so much at the time of my life, got to meet amazing people and connect with other dog bloggers who I've known for years and really enjoy being around. And, um, ultimately what I, what I learned from that, that like several months of the whole reality show and then going to the farm and going to Westminster and all of that is that who you surround yourself with and their values and how they align with your values are so important. 
This is probably the most important lesson that I have learned in the last two years of where WAG repeat. I know that in 2020, we all struggled and learned a lot because we had to. But one of the silver linings for me was that I was confronted with making the decision about what I value. And I think a lot of us were too. Maybe if you were too, make sure to come over and tell me on Instagram how how you figured out what your values are. So some things that I figured out are that I really value kindness. I also value diversity in all kinds of ways. And I want to use my platform to amplify women's voices and promote women-led brands. Before I sign on to work with any brand as a sponsor or be on anyone's podcast, I want to know how many women are in your company or how many women you've had on your podcast in relation to men. I also want to know how many minorities are on your business or, you know, working as influencers or speakers at your event. I want to make sure that I'm only involving myself with other people and organizations that share my values. So whether you are a pet parent or a petpreneur, my mission at Wear Wag Repeat is to create a judgment-free space where we can figure this all out together. So moving forward, I'm still working on fine-tuning what Wear Wag Repeat is and what I bring to the world. I think that is ever-evolving for everyone. Um, another, Another lesson that I learned in 2020 that I want to share with you before I wrap it up here is um, a lesson about being resourceful and reducing costs. For me, and I'm sure for many of you, it was unclear how my income would be impacted month to month in 2020. It was just so, everything was so uncertain. And um, I think that Myself, I don't know about you, but I got bold with ways to cut back on expenses and be really resourceful. On top of that, it was also hard to get many products last year. Things were sold out or delayed. So I think that we all learned ways to conserve and make things last a little bit longer and and get scrappy. And that's something that I'm really interested in working into my business even more this year and moving forward. So I'm going to be looking at ways to streamline and kind of cut the fat, if you will, so that I can grow my profits. Um, I've been reading a lot of books about the financial independence movement and how um, reducing your costs really increases how much money you have to do other things. So I will keep you posted on that. I'm sure there will be other podcast episodes all about those efforts. So to wrap it up here, ultimately, through Wear, Wag, Repeat, I want to make people, all kinds of people feel good about themselves and what they're doing with their dogs. And if it weren't for the success of my blog and everything that I do there, my courses, my membership society, my podcast wouldn't exist. So I think that these things really uh, live hand in hand, paw and paw, I guess, <laughs> if you will. Um, and so I'm going to continue to grow the pet parent side of my business through my blog and also the petpreneur side of my business through my courses and the new membership society. So I hope that you really enjoyed hearing this. It was a little bit cathartic for me. 
I've never publicly shared anything about that experience with the reality show. So I'm excited to get that off my chest and um, just share my experience with you all and, and let you know that you're not alone. If you've been depressed in the last year, or didn't know what you were doing, <laughs> that I, I've definitely been there. <laughs> so you are not alone. But ultimately, you know, I think that working with dogs just gives us such such a great mission and so much purpose in the world um, that it's important that we keep doing what we're doing. So thank you so much for listening to this solo episode. Um, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you in the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group or over on Instagram at Wear Wag Repeat. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or Join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.